0: The podcast you're about to listen to is part of the Professional Casual Network. To find more podcasts like this, please check out professionalcasual.com. The Professional Casual Network has gear. Check out teespring.com store slash professional casual for fresh new swag. A huge shout out to our sponsor, BeardedDragonGames.online. Pick up all of your local game store goodness from Magic the Gathering, Dungeons & Dragons, Pathfinder, or Refurb 4th Edition, as well as Terrain, Paints, Board Games, Comics, and more. Make sure to use code PROFESSIONALCASUAL at checkout for free domestic shipping or PCME10 for 10% off your total order at beardeddragongames.online. Also, a special thanks to BuiltBar for sponsoring the show. To get 10% off your order and to help support the show, use code professional casual at checkout or use the link in the show notes.
1: Hey, so, you know,
2: hey, stop me if you've heard this one. What do you call a snake that's exactly 3.14 meters long? A python. Hello, lady and gentlemen. This <laughs> is your host, D to the D, Dr. D, reaching out through the supervision-free source of infinity interfacing. I am joined today by my partner in Infinity, the giggly little man that is known as I to the N, Ian. How is the mud this time of year, you big goofball?
0: Oh, it
1: is excellent. I am so happy to be here and to talk a little about mud today. And uh, yeah, can't wait to get into it. Get a little you know, muddy, a little dirty.
2: So today on Arachne, we're going to be talking about mud, otherwise known as TAC, otherwise known as the Tartary Army Corps. Uh, but shouldn't we first get down to business? That's what I like about you, Ian. You think about more than just mud. <laughs> is a part of the Professional Casual Network. If you would like to support the network, please sign up for our Patreon or purchase some hot swag at streamlabs.com at professional casual network one. I am happy to announce we have a Patreon. That's crazy. <laughs> and it does get access to the cleanup phase. I did ask that in a previous episode and it has been clarified. But if you like to talk about MCP, I don't know why you're listening to an Infinity podcast, but hey, uh you can listen to that if you want to. Isn't that cool? So we're also sponsored by Frontline Gaming. And wouldn't you know it, LVO tickets just went up for sale. They actually have infinity at this one. So you please, please, please can use our link to buy tickets from there. It goes a really, really long way to help us out in the network. And it goes towards helping Vermont create laws. You see, one of the (coughs) best things about Ian is that he's from Vermont. And he's told me that there actually are no laws whatsoever because everybody lives in tree houses or something. So we hate to see the vital state of Vermont and their very important maple syrup uh, industry not have any truth and justice. So thoughts and prayers ladies and lady and gentlemen. And we can never forget our sponsor Mr. laser at mr site. Chatterpoint has finally come out. He is making things for that. I'm not sure if he's announced that or not. Uh, I might be in trouble by saying it on here, but I have seen some of the dice and stuff he is making. It all looks really good. Uh, He did have other things that are coming out with it, certain tokens and all that. I don't want to say exactly what, just in case things don't completely come out the way that he wants, but know that more Infinity stuff is coming after the tidal wave of excitement that is Shatterpoint finally ends. I have been painting the models and I have to say they're pretty nice. I kind of like them. You know, I've always wanted to say this to you, but. Um, yeah, it was Mandalorians. You're a Mandalorian. All right. So, Ian, you're a well known player in the greater <laughs> Northeastern, I guess, meta, if that's what you want to call it. You're not even from New England. Uh, you're a weird transplant from the land of
1: Vermont. So, care to comment? Step one Vermont is in New England. <laughs> <laughs> No expert, very much a casual Infinity player, but absolutely love this community that I'm in and love going to the events and meeting all you crazy weirdos and bringing a little bit of mud and sort of seeing how it goes. So
2: he says that he's a casual player, but he won the previous Cube event with TAC. And he also got fifth at the last event that just happened this weekend uh, as the time of recording. And he was actually at the top table and only. He could mess up the top table and land all the way in fifth. <laughs> Gotta say, very impressive. Um, we rewarded him with a complete and total lack of acknowledgement. Uh, do you have any any uh, comments about
1: that? Yeah, it was sweet. Really, really loved it. Yeah, I was uh, really loving the game of infinity there. Mm-hmm. Sure. It was a, it was actually a really good event.
2: We're going to talk more about it with Brady oh, yeah. in the actual next official episode. Uh, you're not important enough to be in an official episode. Uh, I'm not yep. either. I actually forced myself on. So uh, maybe next time there, but uh, if you know, we have a rule, you have to win three cube events before you get into a main episode. So, you know, take that. how the hell are
1: you on this? Thing? Well,
2: <laughs> so just so you know, you know, how did you get involved with infinity, yeah. sir? Wait, how did you do, uh, Dr. D?
1: How, how did you do at that last cue? I got that-
2: 19th. All right. So, Ian, <laughs> let's just get started. Uh, well, tell me a little bit about yourself, man. How did you get involved in playing with little tiny army men?
1: Really love this question because I always love to hear how people get into this weird, beautiful hobby. 40K guy. I was a kid and started with the Imperial Guard big box set under the Christmas tree. That my mom got me, you know, like Lehman Russ Tank and like, you know, 30 Guardsmen that I thought I would never be able to paint. And yeah, I mean, I just totally fell in love with it and played for years. And then I started working at a, a game store in Vermont College. And so I kind of kept with it and then sort of dropped out of the hobby when I left college and, you know, started trying to live a life. Probably in 20, I think it was like 2018, a buddy of mine introduced me to Infinity, like for real. When I was working at the game store, I had seen what the Infinity models looked like at the time. They're goofy AF. And <laughs> fucking like, you know. Yeah, I, they had some real bad proportions. Yeah. And just, I, you know, I kind of have a love for the old models now. Like at that same time, that was like when the Dark Eldar Resculpts happened. Uh, in those sculps, I just like, why would I ever play Infinity?
2: Anybody that calls the Jukari is wrong. They are forever known as the Dank Eldar. Yeah, hell yeah.
1: And so, yeah, my buddy and I, he was like, you should try this out. We we played our first game. He and I really didn't understand the rules. And so we just assumed that every action, reaction causes an ARO. So basically the first model that acted on the very first order of the very first turn, the, all the pieces that arrowed to it. Which, of course, when you start out in Infinity, you've got a bunch of models standing up. Everybody's arrowing. And then every model that saw the models that were arrowing would ARO them. And so in like two orders, every model on the table was dead. (laughs) (laughs) Infinity
2: is deadly enough. You don't need the entire board shooting everybody else at exactly Exactly, one order.
1: And I was like, this is fucking dumb. So I reread the rules and then I figured that out and I saw just how beautifully the game mechanic of the arrow actually works. And then also just how Infinity uses terrain. You know, like so much of miniature wargaming is spending time with the table and the buildings and just like everything that's on the table. And Infinity is a game that just really does a great job of getting you engaged with the terrain that's there and not just the models. And so... From there, I just like yeah, I didn't. I just didn't look back. I just totally leaned in hard. Went Imperial Service, then JSA is where I like started competitively playing Infinity, and then resculps of the mud, the Tatari Army Corps resculps and I just. I, I fell. I fell. I fell hard. And I fell fast, and now I'm, now I'm a muddy, muddy boy. So when
2: I first started, I played Caledonia, and the Antipode pack was a thing back then, where they looked like emaciated things that would crawl out of the basement. I don't know if everybody gets this reference, but from Full Metal Alchemist, yeah. the uh, Chimera thing that you know the. Daddy thing. Yeah. That's what it always reminds me of. Gosh, they are super creepy. <laughs> yeah, they're bad. So I was super happy when I finally saw the antipodes get re-sculpted. When I came back during N3, the U U S area had just like come out. So I know Tartary was before that.
1: The re came out way later. They were with the, uh, okay, they were black wind or not black wind. Uh, what's it called? Um, they were with crimson stone. The- nope. That's Cosm Cosmoflot. Um, Whatever the fuck. I don't know. I don't fucking know this game. Never actually played. this game. So point I'm getting to
2: point I'm getting to is that I was not playing the game when the Tartary had come out. So when I came back and I noticed the sculpts, I was like, oh, Russia is actually a sectorial now. That's rad. Yeah. I was like, oh, that's super cool. Because when I was playing originally, I played Hano for a while and I was like, oh, man, I would really like it if Slaverheimia had a sectorial. And so I leave to go to school. I come back and I'm like, whoa, look at all these sweet sectorials. They're all coming out. And yeah, I saw the Tartary one. I was like, maybe I want to play that. And then I looked at the roster and I was like, I'm going to play U.S. Ariana because I'm not going to play that. It's too muddy for this boy. So I ran away. Yeah, the mud's deep. Gets real deep. Did it? I stuck my toe in and I I felt it like sucking me in. I was like, I'm just going to walk away. I'm going to go to the the Badlands. (laughs) So you started with Yu Jing. Now- Was this when JSA was still a part of yu Jing? Yes.
1: So I... Yeah, oh. it was with the... So the JSA breakaway box. The whole Infinity Aesthetic really... I was like a big Ghost in the Shell guy. So when I saw the new sculpts that were like based on the characters from that, I totally fell in love. Actually, the reason I, I started with yu and specifically Imperial Service was the Wu Ming. I just... Those models... Ugh, like, you know what you, when you see... Yeah, like that like that model that just sort of like pulls you into a whole game or whole universe and it was the Wu Ming with his helmet off or half off with a gas mask and the chain rifle it's kind of like stepping up on a tactical rock you know i just ugh, such a good model i mentioned mine earlier with weird
2: local perverted antipode creature man yeah that's the one that sucked me in you know i got
1: it had to get involved when i saw All that. It. yeah and i actually <laughs> just bought a box of those old antipodes Oh, I'll talk about it later. But I had real inspiration for a list for our last event got me to scrounge eBay. (laughs) It involves that. It involves that. So I'm already terrified.
2: (laughs) <laughs> All right, so obviously you've mentioned a couple different factions, but I've only ever seen you play TAC. What is it about TAC that like tends to draw you in? What well, you stuck your toe in the, in the mud and you got sucked in, and why keep sucking?
1: So I think first and foremost, I love Ariadna as a faction, as a vanilla faction. Kind of back to playing Imperial Guard as a kid, there's something really cool about playing the everyman, you no know, technology, throwing dogs at super soldiers, and... Everybody hates you because you use smoke grenades. <laughs> yeah, and then like no hackers or, and I, and I, and I, I just, I think that it's just a really interesting, mechanically, the, the faction's really cool. Just the vanilla the, the faction is cool. And then on top of that, I think Infinity Fluff can be a little hard to get into. It's a little impenetrable because the sources are all over the place. But if you kind of read into the Ariadna Fluff, the backstory of the faction, it's, great sci-fi like the it really is Yeah, like the ship getting lost and then reappearing and so now they're because of a time and distance supposedly because of toha supposedly toha are the ones that
2: closed the the war pole
1: well see like i'm not that big of a nerd
2: <laughs> yeah nerd or that might have been the that might have been the first ship because the the ship that went to ariana was technically the second attempt
1: Correct. And I'm sure, like, all of the names of different ships have meanings that are very deep, and I haven't ever... Like, but you're a surface-level kind of guy. I'm a very surface-level. Nothing... Yeah, deep. yeah. The, deep, the deepest thing i got is my mud. That's all i got. That's good. All right, good. But it's great. The fact that they're... that, that, that now they're fighting in this uh, new era with all of the, like, weapons from the 21st century is just, like, phenomenal. That's so cool. And, like, the writing to get you there is is really well done. So... That kinda got me that got me into like interested in Ariadna. And then biggest thing for me that started me off with TAC was just people who are familiar with like the older sculpts will know about like that Kazakh with a AP HMG, sort of the original or one of the original sculpts of that. It is the goofiest fucking sculpt. <laughs> I, the proportions are so off. The proportions are so off. I could not tell you why you would ever strike the pose that this guy's striking. I saw that like right at the beginning when I first learned about Infinity and I thought, what a dumb fucking sculpt. And But I never <laughs> could get it out of my head. I always was like thinking about that fucking sculpt and like how it was so different than anything else that I had seen in, in miniature. Like in miniature wargaming like it had just I, nothing else kind of struck me like just the sort of finesse of the model and just sort of this, the the little story of whatever is happening there uh and so when i learned that that's kind of like one of the big models the, the, and the resculpt is amazing that like that kind of like launched me into it and then yeah and then i think the overall aesthetic and design of the tatari army corps models with the resculpts are is really it's really tight it's really good as far as like gameplay goes because i'm a bit of a competitive player i always like to know whether you can push any something to the limit and so the mm-hmm. idea that TAC is one of the factions one of the only uh sectorials i think i could be wrong i'm sure i'll get totally flamed for this afterward uh that can run like an entirely camo list so like even your, your LT can be camo. Like your whole list could be, you could, your, uh, courtesy list to your opponent could just be a blank sheet. Sure. You would never want to run that. I don't think. <laughs> <laughs> sure. Absolutely. But you can, and that's cool. That's really cool. Um,
2: yeah. that's what they call skewing. ladies and gentlemen, <laughs> the definition
1: of skewing That would be the definition of skewing. Yeah. And, and like camouflage as a, as a concept and as a mechanic in infinity is really unique. And so, getting to have a faction that really relies on it, really uses it heavily, is really cool. So, yeah, that's kind of, and that's yeah, that's kind of fun.
2: And, lady and gentlemen, that is actually the inspiration for the mud joke. So, to kind of give a little backstory oh, yeah. on that, I met, I met him at the same event that I met Brady, the co-host. I walk up to this guy, and I'm like, okay, there's this this Vermontian uh, across the table from me, and I know and I know about TAC. I've seen battle reports about TAC. I've never seen it in person, right? It's like the mythical Yu Jing. I've never seen it. Nobody, nobody, I've never played it. It's not actually a real faction. It's not a real I refuse faction. to hear anybody say other. It's not. It's all fake. So he walks up with Tack, and I'm like, oh, these are the guys that everybody has camouflage. It's probably because they cover themselves in mud. So I said, hey, I made some kind of passing comment about how they all have mud on top of them because I was thinking like Alien versus Predator. And ever since then, it has become a. Very well-known joke,
1: especially between me and him. Yeah. But it's starting to spread. Maybe between just you and me, but also, yeah, it's starting to spread a little bit. It's, we're going to make mud happen. 2023 is the year of the
2: mud. So. I'll see if I can get a shirt. Yes. We'll see if I get a shirt made so I just got mud. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, so obviously, one of the things that you got to love if you get tack is you must learn to really appreciate painting green. So, if you want to play TAC, you must really love to paint the color green.
1: Yes. Yeah. Uh, I don't love painting the color green. <laughs> uh, that's why you love love TAC. Yes, yeah, so that's why I love TAC because you can most of your models can be camouflage tokens uh, for as hopefully you know you'll reveal them for one moment, then they'll die, and then you take them off. The sure.
2: <laughs> to a riot girl missile launcher, to the hope <laughs> for all hopes and purposes.
1: God.
0: I'm <laughs> sorry. <laughs> Uh,
1: the little green
2: men. What are some of your like favorite like designed models other than the the, <laughs> the old Kazakh? The,
1: the old Kazakh. Well, yeah. So I definitely like the, the new Vet Kazakh AP HMG was like the mainstay of most tact and we'll talk about that in a bit. But like you know the the design of the kind of heavy armored like heavy uh, trooper, but like not really. You can sort of see where it's sort of belted on the designs, the sculpts that I like the most are the like Strelok's and the scouts who are, you know, if you like the war in Dagestan or like the second Chechen war and you just like look at some of the photos of like Spetsnaz and, you know, Russian infantry from that period, you can just see the inspiration that they pull. And I think it's I, I, I one of the things we haven't talked about much is I'm also a big historical miniature gamer. So I play a lot of a lot of different eras, including twentieth century like moderns. And so I just really like seeing that influence and also seeing how they sort of make it a little bit sci-fi kind of pull in some of the aesthetics from the other Ariadna factions, sub factions, you know, sectorials. And, and, you know, it's funny for me, I wasn't about the doggos, the, not about the werewolves. When I first started into it, I almost got into it despite the dogs. But you learn. now that I say it, now that I say that now, as a, as a, as a, as a doggo through and through, uh, uh I feel bad, but really I, I, I kind of thought they were sort of ridiculous and kind of like, like what a, what a crazy, like there, there wasn't really anything like that in Infinity, um, except in Ariadna, the, the antipodes and the, uh, dog faces and stuff. But now I God I love them so much and they scare people. They scare people so much. <laughs> if they, if they come
2: up to touch you, they're going to boop you on the snoot and you're probably yeah, not going to walk away. Little, 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 yeah. Little. It's little, mm-hmm. Well, you know, and tack is important, right? So when you actually know the lore, like I do, I'm not like you nerd. Uh, so just so you know, Ariadna is actually, I I believe it's Greek for the, it either means pure or like holy. So the holy planet of Ariadna, right? So TAC are the kind of like the de facto governors of the other portions of society. So TAC, they have to be the resilient ones, right? That's the whole like design philosophy behind, at least, you know, theoretically, most Russian equipment is that it's not really built for beauty. It's built for function like the T34 is a great example. It's just a big green piece of metal, but it works. Yeah. They bury a moistened nagant in the in the ground and then they just dig it up and blow off some dirt and boom, it's already shooting. Yeah, it can already shoot. Like they're, they're yeah, yeah, absolutely. So some the Russian aesthetic is very very fitting for Infinity because they are very much the we are the gritty frontiersmen who f- saw these giant werewolf things and we were like, yeah, we're going to train that and we're going to domesticate it. Absolutely. That's the first thing I would think to do, too. So, obviously, you don't see, I, well, at least I haven't. It's ironic that both of the bonus episodes that have happened in the show, both of them play TAC. And they're the only people I've ever seen play tack. So, historically speaking, I have always heard people say that TAC is not very good. Do you have any thoughts as to why?
1: Yeah, so I think, and it, it, it's interesting. It kind of plays into the lore. I think that tack it, it's their their units are expensive. I think it's very easy to build a tack list that is only ten orders and uses the full three hundred points. Ariadna as a faction, and of course, this is all my opinion. But like you know, you do a lot of peace trading. That's like a big you know with with warbands and arrow pieces that. You know, you surprise people with there's a lot of peace trading. And so uh sectorial where you can really be working with just 10 models is tricky. And you're you've got a lot of special skills and equipment on really, really, really fragile frames. Yeah, you got a a tank hunter with mines and you know, a big gun and you know, decent we got mimetism and all these things, but it's on a you know, arm what, arm three or arm two and yeah. It, you know, one, one, one bad roll and it's gone. I'll have, you know,
2: sir, that most of my Bakun infection faction also was armor three yes. or less. <laughs> I feel your pain. Um,
1: arm Three is even better. I mean like, yeah. And like the Spetsnas, like, they're so good, but like you, you, you can lose them in one, one poor round and they're down. And even their, you know, their big hitter, the vet Kazak, is uh gonna go no wounded cap and then die. <laughs> so he he just goes out like in beautiful explosions of, of death. Like he in my games he either makes it through the whole thing, he kills two tags or he dies in the first round, first order. So <laughs> the antipode assault pack, which is like such a such a beautifully weird unit in in infinity and in kind of a mainstay of Tatari Army Corps for certain lists. Is super weird and kind of hard to to get your head around how to use it, and I think that kind of stuff scares people off a little. Which like it scared me off. I didn't get into the antipode Assault pack for a while because I just felt a little nervous about using it in a, especially in an event when you're you're slowing people down if you're taking time to figure out the rules and stuff.
2: And there's nothing really like it, right? I mean, the Uberfall are similar, but they definitely are not on huge bases.
1: Yeah, and and the Uberfall aren't camo tokens at first, right? Like, Mm -hmm. and like, you know, when you use sensor on one of them, uh, does it reveal? It doesn't reveal all of them. It just reveals the one, and you draw from that. But does it reveal the controller who's also a camouflage token who's sitting back on the top of a building somewhere, like? There's all these things that you, you know, and uh, but once you figure them out, my god, the antipodal pack is a joy to run around. <laughs> yeah.
2: the The good news is is that when you if you're playing against TAC and you see a group of three very large camo tokens standing next to each other, you could you get three guesses as to what it is, and you'll probably get it.
1: Yeah. Oh, and then you know the other thing I think the other sort of bear in the room is that uh, it's just not Cosmoflop. that's that's the reason why you know people don't think it's a good uh sectorial or maybe think it's a lower tier sectorial is that you know it Tatari army corps just doesn't have some of those classic ariadna models that you just like when you think of the fashion you think of like uh mirage uh or um the unknown soldier or um or Unknown Ranger or um uh like uh the sneaky lady. Uh, yeah, well, um, what's her name? Uma Thurman. Yeah. <laughs> I think
2: her name's Uma Thurman. Yep. Uh,
1: so yeah. Oops, yeah. it. I did it. Yeah. 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 Basically, you got three characters in, in Tack and, you know, um, Veron and Pavel and, um, McManus and they're all kind of, they, they've got their places, but they're no, they're no like mainstay the way that some of those other characters are
2: but you have access to the mythical guard skill where you can watch your model get murdered from eight inches away. <laughs>
1: yeah. I, I've, I've, well, <laughs> I've never seen Veronin die so quickly than in the, this la- the last game uh, the, of this tournament that happened on uh, this last weekend, where I just got my face punched in by a really great infinity player. Uh, and uh, yeah, it was what firefight and, or, but was it? Firefight? I can't remember.
2: I'm pretty sure it was
1: firefight. Yeah. Where you you know you're looking for LT kills, and so he just like he just spent his entire turn punching Verona to death.
2: <laughs> but what a great model to have for a you know don't lose your LT game. Yeah,
1: no, not not good. Not you would to move. think not good move on my part. <laughs> <laughs>
2: sure. <laughs> At least at least, if you were to do it during DCAP, you would at least... Hey, yeah. by the way, this guy is the LT. Yeah, yeah. Uh, but
1: not that one. No, no. Uh, yeah, yeah. You know what? You have to... <laughs> sometimes you have to actually have like, strategy in this game. But, uh, yeah. Sure, yeah. sure. Whatever,
2: no. Thinking real hard sometimes. Yeah, real
0: hard.
2: <laughs> now, if I were to pick up TAC, I'm not. But if I did pick up TAC... What are some of the most key piece models that you think I should pick, probably pick up first?
1: The vet Kazakh is going to be your, your probably in most of your lists. The APHMG one that I was talking about, if you can stick that thing in a Harris, um, just with two line Kazakhs even, getting plus one burst with the mimetism and arm four and the AP. The thing hunts tags. It's just an incredible attack piece. You're going to see it a lot. I actually recently have been running the Vet Kazakh with the T2 rifle and the X-Visor. I think that's actually kind of an amazing profile that is underused. You can stick it on suppression, like in the middle, and... It's a beast to get out with the mimetism and the minus three for the suppressifier. So yeah, so I've got Kazakh for sure. I think your your midfield infiltrators in camouflage states are gonna be something you're gonna look for. So the Strelock, the FO Strelock, or the Strelock with the um, mine layer, or the Strelock with the antipode um, buddy, um, all of those you're gonna you're gonna you're gonna see, you're gonna want um, because that mid that midfield control and the shell game that you can play with Strelak, because they've got the decoy as well, so you can be deploying three camouflaged uh, markers with one strelock with the with mine layer um, at once, right? So you can you can just fill the midfield. They got four deployment, eight inches. You can just fill it with camouflage tokens and man that'll just slow your point down they just don't know what the hell to do with it and then uh yeah and then i think like from there the war bands are always going to be something that you're going to be thinking about uh the ermandino i think people know about and love it's just an eight point specialist engineer with smoke grenades like booty it's and booty, and I mean, booty. Can't, mm. can't, can't beat the booty so those thick boys are you're gonna you're gonna look for them and then yeah and then i think from there you got the um your bikers are amazing uh or you could go for dog faces uh or the antipodesal pack or something like that Gonna get a couple different areas and then man i got i could talk about this uh, sectorial all night i'm sorry i'm going on too long uh uh, and then maybe the the Spetsnaz with the AP with just an HMG because he's got marksmanship and that's just gross. It's so good.
2: Do you think the other guns on the Spetsnaz are even worth it? Like worth considering?
1: Good question. Hot take. I now take the AP rifle with sure. the uh, with the one that is uh, the parachutist. So I used to just do boring shotgun because you can just get so close. Yeah, I mean it's great.
2: You physically cannot miss.
1: You can't miss. But the profile, the parachute still comes with the marksmanship and it, it's you can you can really pick off some back facing models that are further away. And take advantage of that skill, which you're paying for, because they're they're pricey, pricey boys, pricey, pricey, muddy boys. So I think that's the other profile. I i don't think I've ever ran the sniper variant of the, the one that's on the board at the beginning.
2: But I imagine if you really want a sniper, you take what, Vasily? Yeah, because he's got the
1: T2 sniper, which is right. so good. And he's he's your only um, chain of command. Which right. uh, you know, in a game where someone's going after your lieutenant and you're running Veronin mm-hmm. as your lieutenant because mm-hmm. you got strategic level one, you probably should take him. Sure. <laughs> yeah, you probably shouldn't be in lost lieutenant term round one because uh, you know
2: that's usually yeah. bad. That's a Dylan yes. move. But yeah, or it's really good. Oh, I see. Yeah, <laughs> I never thought I never thought of it like that actually. Yeah. <laughs> Breaking your brain here. So, all right. I know what all those pieces are, actually. I will say, Quinn, if you're listening to this, you big goofball, you don't want to use Vasily as your leader, as your lieutenant, and put him on ARO duty on top of a building where my entire army can see him. I think that's a dumb move. Yeah, it would be. <laughs> if if he did that, that would be really dumb, wouldn't it? That would be such a bad move. Is his name Quinn? <laughs> yeah, his name's Quinn. Do you want is there anything you want to say to Quinn about this uh definitely hypothetical situation? When you land the mud down. <laughs> okay. So I got some sweet models when I am going to my first game to play tack. Is there anything that you think would be like a good, like foundation foundational, like knowledge I should go into it with like, what are some good tactics?
1: Loading the board with cheap camo is never a bad move. Not being afraid to put out the vet Kazak alone, especially with the APHMG. Uh, and maybe doing a defensive core link, pure link with the line Cossacks. I think like basically they're heavy, they're a heavy hitting faction and they're a little bit of a glass cannon. So taking advantage, if you can go first to just do as much damage as possible quickly would br- probably be a big, probably, Well, I, you know, that's one, one of the ways I play for sure. And then you know, one of the thing's I I I had a hard time learning how to do was be aggressive enough with like dog warrior dog faces. It's hard to just throw models out like that. That that you kind of need to do, and not just do it in a way where they just die instantly. There's like a there's like a little bit of a finesse you play with like being risky, but but making those calculated you know risks and taking the taking the risk to get them pushed up and. Um, getting up in the face because you sit back as tack and you let the your opponent sort of have the advantage on 'Cause they're gonna have better equipment, they're gonna have multi-special visors, they're gonna like all that stuff that's gonna be really hard for you. You can shove a dog face up in their in their in their face and take take the initiative and push it on them. Then they're on their back foot and then you can use your attack pieces to you know do the do the work, get a little get a little muddy. And then I think one of the things I we haven't even talked about the Radnik, but like talk about a a model that sort of is the epitome of your um, point about the Russian design, right? Just a clunky motherfucker.
2: <laughs> smash, smash with
1: hammer, me yeah. smash. Um, but like I, so they changed recently. Got uh, the option to sit in a Harris with Frontivix, um, and that's like really seducing. Like <laughs> it's a, it, it, to, to put to put a rat because they get you know both profiles. Their main weapon's going to have plus one burst, either the the rocket launcher, or the or the, the missile, or whatever it's rocket launcher, or the uh, Spitfire. Spitfire. My God! Burst six Spitfire on in, a in, a, in a link. In a link, like, gross. Yeah, it's not that good. <laughs> what is it not? <laughs> it's not that. Like, from my experience, because you yeah, got to push the Radnik up really far. There's nothing to defend it. It's hackable, so you're gonna. That's it's gonna get hacked. Uh, You're gonna. It's like easy to flank it. Like. <laughs> Uh, and so um, it's—I mean—it is a joy to watch your opponent when you pick up six D twenties when you make that. <laughs> uh, but uh, yeah, but I think the um, what I'm what I'm finding I'm really enjoying is the distraction Carnifix version of the Ratnik, which is sticking it up in a in a Harris, uh, but just having the rocket launcher version to be an ARO piece. Sure, and it's like kind of a pain in the ass to dig out it's a lot of points so you're kind of committing to it but man your opponent has to just deal with it and like it could take a lot of orders it can go you know it takes one wound goes to the battle ravage state and then it can also go dogged and you can just like keep it up there and force your opponent just like throw orders at it and then you've got a bunch of other stuff ready to go you got your you know another harris or a core or something um so that's another yeah i don't know i'm just I'm just blabbling. I'm just throwing that around. I don't know.
2: <laughs> now, I think when you bring a ratneck, you're clearly stating that you think you're superior to everybody else because you're bringing yes. a 50 point model that has movement 4-4 for <laughs> maybe a turn before it takes a wound, and then you go down to <laughs> the coveted 4-2 movement.
1: Delicious. The yeah, you know, you're not really playing Infinity unless you've got a 4-2 50 point model. You sure aren't. So when you Cross the board in
2: two turns on 4-2 four, four, movement and you've killed maybe a single model, you pat yourself on the back because you've won infinity.
1: You, you've won on hard mode. <laughs> <laughs>
2: you walk your 4-2 um, butt all the way up to that AC unit and you punch it with a hammer and you win. You walk away with all the points.
1: Yeah, I do remember the, the last tournament we played was like an escalating tournament. There was 200 points, 300 points, 400 points and the 400 point game I I only came to this event so that I could build this specific list, which was to do. So, you, so, Veronin has Strategos level one. I don't know if the listeners know this or know about Infinity or not. Who knows? Um, but like one of the things you can do with that skill as a lieutenant is you can reserve second take a second reserve model without spending any kind of command token. So I built this list so that you could put, I put a bunch of stuff out of the board. So it didn't really look like there was much else to put down, maybe a camouflage token as a reserve. But instead I took two antipoda salt packs <laughs> and I held them both in reserve. And so you're my opponent, you know, you got everything out. I was going, I had the second drop. So I, you know, all right, well, uh, I just want to let you know, I I basically played this whole tournament for this moment. <laughs> just to do uh, one thing. I just dropped six <laughs> big-ass camouflage token bases, plus another two. Eight camouflage tokens at once.
2: <laughs> so the funny thing is, I heard about this when we went yeah. to the after dinner thing. I heard about this, and uh, yeah, it was memeing. You were a big meme lord on that day, that's for sure. Yes. Yeah. So goofy. Oh mm. my God. So kind of a goofy faction. Yeah. Which is one of the coolest. I mean, Ariadna in general is just like where the meme is for the infinity oh. universe. Cause oh. some like the cultures are so like highly segmented from like the rest of what's on Ariadna, but also like, like way too individualistic for just humans living on the same planet for like yeah. the U S Ariadnans to be so different than the Caledonians. It's
1: like, is that really how that would go? Yeah. That's totally, I, I totally, and there's like, what, like, like, I'm, I don't even know, like, like, I don't know how many million people live on on the whole planet, but like for them to be so distinct. Yeah. you know, Maybe, I mean, I don't know. Maybe that does happen, but, um, and I think that's the other, the other thing I hadn't even really thought about before getting on the show, but, um, like infinity is such an intense, like beautiful game that takes so much brain power and, um, I find that I enjoy it the most when I balance it playing a pretty goofy game. Like, sure. kind of just having a lot of fun with it. Throwing guys that turn into werewolves and, like, just like, Russians with just rifles and mm-hmm. shooting at giant robots. Like, it's, it's goofy and I, I, I love that. You can play a competitive game with, with a sectorial-like TAC. But still have like a lot of fun.
2: What other game could you play where you can shout at the opponent across the table? I'm gonna show you these holy hands as you yes. mow them down with a machine gun. <laughs> while very you're, While you're playing battle nuns. <laughs> it's just what it's all about, man.
1: That's what
2: it's all about. Yeah. So yes. okay, I have a very technical question for you that nobody's really been able to answer. Uh, I already know the answer, but I want to oh, hear it sure. from your from your mouth. That's great. What is T2? T2. Yes. Okay. T2? What is the lore What is your lore explanation for T2? Oh, not the
1: game explanation. Well, I know
2: what it does in the game, trust me. I've been shot by plenty of times. <laughs> what
1: <laughs> is it? It's So you just get out nerd me. That's the that's the plan. You just you got me on here just to fucking out
2: Right here. Right here ladies and so, ladies and gentlemen.
1: Uh, D2 is TCM, which is the element, the resource on Ariadna that makes it matter at all in the Infinity Universe. Because theoretically, if they didn't have this element or uh, resource there, basically all of the other hyper factions could basically just ignore this planet. Um, just like let the Antipodes and the Ariadnans fight each other forever. And it doesn't matter until Combine combined army comes or whatever. This element, this, this resource is really important for some reason that I don't know. <laughs> I don't know why it's important.
2: It's what they use to make spaceships. Oh, okay. So it's a just oh, very okay. hyper dense advanced metal. So in my brain, a T2 rifle is just me shoot person with real big bullet. Yeah.
1: yeah. Big pain. <laughs> <laughs> I imagine it's like the, you know, like the anti, like the really like ridiculous anti-tank rifles the Russians use in the in the uh Second World War where mm-hmm. it's like a big fucking bullet. <laughs> <laughs>
2: If anybody's seen, I think it's Helsing, uh, the the girl assistant, not assistant, but like the sidekick. I think it was her has like a giant 50 million caliber, like anti-tank rifle thing that she carries around with her. That's what I've always imagined the bullets like. Yeah. Like there's the, the recoilless like air explosion behind them every time you shoot the gun. Yeah. Yeah. That's yeah. what I imagine T2 is. Now, how do you explain? I think it's unknown ranger. He has a T two close combat weapon. How do you explain that?
1: Yeah, I uh,
2: <laughs> smart guy. Uh,
1: mud, mud. That's okay, t- <laughs> <laughs> all right, ladies and gentlemen, you heard, you heard it here first. We got a muddy uh, boy. And I, and I actually used. I think I used a T. No, I didn't. I I used Pavel McManus in my in that in the game uh, this lab, this weekend and. I ha- he has a T2 close combat weapon, but he also has D-charges, and why would you use a T2? That's like a wow. T3 weapon. That's a t- <laughs> Disgusting. All right, so yes.
2: this is the part of the show where I surprise you because I didn't bring it up at all during the oh. setup for this. Uh, this is the Elite 8 question down. Now, back in the day of the PCN, the network, there was a show called the Elite 8 Showdown. It was... It was a beloved show, but it was God awful. So (laughs) in a vein of remembrance, what I have done is I've decided to ask eight questions to the guests of the bonus episodes. Now, this questionnaire is based off of another show I listened to a long time ago called uh, Life After the Cover Save. I absolutely used to love their show. I haven't listened to them in a while, but they used to have these questions that we're going to try and emulate right now. Art Art imitates art, as they say. Yeah. I don't know who said that. So the way this is going to work is I'm going to say two words and you can answer with however you want. So as an example, I'm going to say apples or oranges and you can say
1: pineapples.
2: And I'm going to give you no connotation to what these words are supposed to be for. But you just have to tell me what you think. It's a word association game.
1: It's a real association game, and I just say another word that's not either of the words that you pick. No, you don't have... You can say one of the words. You could have said Apple. Oh. But this you, is already I
2: fun. <laughs> <laughs> we haven't even started yet. All right. So, uh, sir, Ian. Yes. Ian of the muddy, muddiest state in all of the union. Are you ready for the lead Eight question down? I am ready. Let's go. All right. So... First question, Marvel or DC? Hellboy universe. Oh, that's a good, that's a good answer. I forget. I think that's dark horse. I think it's the publishing company, but I don't think it's a part of any other
1: universe. I don't think so either. And I couldn't remember what
2: the, yeah. Now back in the day, like yesterday I read, I I've read like the darkness is another, I think it's another, I think it's another, that might be image. I don't remember if that's dark horse or image, but I think there was a crossover episode between the Darkness and Hellboy. Wow! Yeah, no, that's some that's some old fashioned comicing right there.
1: That is, some, yeah, yeah. No, yeah, and I mean, um, what a fucking nerdy fucking question. <laughs> it sure is.
2: So, by the way, Hellboy, uh, there's a new one coming. I think they announced that there's another one coming, like another reboot. I think they said.
1: Yeah, I uh, did. You? Oh God, did you watch? I've watched the- all of them. I have watched I have, all the movies. Oh, I have watched all and, the movies. They're all they're, terrible. <laughs> they're, they're terrible in their own ways. I have a deep kind of like when you watch something as a kid, right? You kind of see through. You don't see the you don't see the shit. You just see the mud. And, Absolutely. Uh, the, it's the the those those original uh, those original two are are quite are quite something. Yeah, uh, they're special. The, all the practical effects. Oof
2: terrible it's like I, I went back and recently watched the original blade oh my, oh my gosh god. the oh effects god. were so bad <laughs> oh wesley snipes what a what a what a doll i love them yeah. i absolutely love but god the effects were so bad
1: yeah oh god did you have you played the hellboy board game
2: i have not i've seen it in stores and i really want to paint the models but i have such a backlog it's hard to justify i would actually really like to play it it, it, it looks okay
1: it's really, it's really fine. The mod, I've got it. The mod, I don't have all the expansions and stuff, but the models are, are pretty, are pretty nice. And I really like the design that they, they go off of the graphic novel, uh, style and it's real, it's real good. And the, all the pieces too, which is really cool.
2: One of my favorite, like, I don't know, archetypes is like the weird Nazi science. Cause that's originally where, where Hellboy came from was them like trying to summon the devil or whatever. Yeah. <laughs> and they get a little tiny baby, de- <laughs> <the> baby devil. <laughs> Like, uh, God damn it. <laughs> This is not what I wanted at all. All right, yeah. Ian. Yes. Second question. Street Fighter or Mortal Kombat? Mortal Kombat. Okay. Well, well, fine. Well, why that yeah. was a that was a quick answer. I got you. Yeah, <laughs> Whoa! They just came out with a new Street Fighter. It looks yeah. it looks pretty. I don't know if
1: it's good. It, look, it looks gorgeous. Yes.
2: Well, yeah. the funny thing is, is I think that's the first one that has like you can customize your own character. And anytime you ever watch anybody play it, it's a grotesque, uh, like a monster from Bloodborne, uh, yeah. running around, punching r- normal looking people. <laughs> it's terrifying. So if you like Hellboy, you should have picked that. I'm starting to, doubt, I'm starting to doubt what you actually sorry, like.
1: I, I got that one wrong. <laughs> <laughs> you, got, you got the word association <laughs> <A> wrong. <laughs> There's no right answer. I got that one wrong.
2: Well, just so you know, 50% is an F. I don't know how they do yes. it in Vermont, but that's failing. <laughs>
1: No grades here either, so that's uh <laughs> So
2: third question. Third question. Forty k or Warhammer Fantasy.
1: I know what your answer to this is. Uh, I guess that's my the correct answer. answer. Yeah, don't forget the score. <laughs> it's it's probably thirty k. Good answer. Good answer. Yeah. So yeah, I feel like um you know I, I will always love 40k. Uh and I play I played AOS um or have in the past. Um but uh yeah, um I don't know the 30k I read I got into the books and I I got really I was really captivated by that that story. Um and I think I will forever forever think about starting a 30k World Eaters army. It will be something that I will dream of for all of my days. And I don't know if I'll ever actually do it.
2: But. So for the record, that is actually one of the few games I have two fully painted armies for, uh, Holy shit. blood angels and sons of
1: Horus. Yeah. How is the second mortgage? <laughs>
2: uh, you know, I don't want to talk about it. This isn't my, this, I'm not I'm, stop making this about me. This is about you. This is a show about you, not me. Sure.
1: I, I I don't think I've ever actually played uh 30k in any of its iterations.
2: The, especially- the newest edition for it's okay. I was really excited when it first came out, and then I mean this is we're not gonna this isn't a 30k talk, you know, podcast, but it had problems. Wait, I I, I totally yeah. misled. Right, sign out, guys, we're gonna go. we gotta wrap it up. There. You can't stay home, but you can't stay here. Uh so it was good. I enjoyed it for a little while, but I saw some like things in it that I wasn't like a huge fan of. And I was like, I'm just going to walk away before I like learn to hate this. Yeah. And I just stepped away. Yeah.
1: yeah I, yeah, I think yeah, I will definitely love to try it at some point, but yeah. So it's good. If I'm ever
2: around when you play it, I'd, I'd, yeah. I'd show you. Yeah. So fourth question, ACDC or men at work.
1: Oh, ACDC. dc Good man. Yeah. Good man. Yeah, I feel like the the right answer has been at work on that one. But if I really, if I really had to be honest with myself, it's ACDC or maybe Def Leppard would have been my answer. But we're gonna go with yeah. Def Leppard's also a great choice.
2: Yes, uh, you gotta love a drummer who's only got one arm. Yeah, amazing. Yeah, I mean, it's heck, hard, and he's still a really good drummer playing tack for infinity (laughs) he does he (laughs) plays tack you actually know he plays tack wow that's incredible first here folks well it's like robin williams right he played eldar
1: yeah yeah i love i love the like celebrities who like they people learn that they're in these things and then they always have to answer questions about it you can just sort of see they're like oh Oh, here we go yeah
2: i mean henry cavill's making a living off of it at this point
1: that is true. Yeah. And is that, there's a 40 K thing with him. Is that, he, no, supposedly he's like
2: in a show or something like that. Some kind of Amazon show. Oh, no idea. Yeah. They're doing a great job. Yeah. Let me tell you. <laughs> All right, here we go. Next question. Yes. Is it pronounced GIF or JIF? It's definitely
1: GIF. No, I definitely. don't know. What you, it's, gotta be it's gotta be JIF. It's gotta be JIF. Gotta be yeah. JIF. What? it's it's actually that's
2: uh, not fair i should i i actually ruined that question i'm sorry audience i should have just said gif or jif
1: i shouldn't have asked you how it is pronounced oh i see and then uh, yeah i think I, I probably could have uh deduced that that was the, the, that was <laughs> the, the uh, but I'm it was just a, a subtle community. question it was so <laughs> subtle so i'm just curious about you know maybe you're asking how to spell them mm-hmm. or you know
2: maybe <laughs> yeah or do you really like <laughs> jif peanut butter <laughs> would you rather watch a gif or would you rather have some gif
1: peanut butter? You have know, have somebody answer these questions and they just answer random ass shit. It's like completely
2: It's a word association game. game, man. Sometimes that's what happens. Yeah. And by sometimes, I mean yeah. there's only been two of you guys and nobody's yeah. done that yet. So,
1: lady okay. and gentlemen, maybe it could be you. Maybe you. Maybe you could be the next not important enough to be on a normal episode.
2: <laughs> on a bonus episode. On a bonus episode. All right. So next, yo, dub or sub? He's got quite the face on that one.
1: <laughs> My words as changed. This sex thing. Whoa! <laughs> Whoa. <laughs> I know it's... sir. Whatever. <laughs> children listen to this. <laughs> those three. Those three. Just three children. Listen to this. <laughs>
0: <laughs> they like say
1: this puts on a the kindergarten. They let them all go to sleep.
2: Yeah. Oh, so, I see. Well, at this late in the episode, I guess they would have fallen asleep because we haven't said anything important this whole time. That's true. Yeah. I have said
1: nothing interesting at all. No. Or you tell. Um, yeah. So, yeah, that's my word association with that.
2: All right. Uh, All right. Next one Star Wars or Star Trek?
1: Uh,. Yeah. Uh, my worst association is I wish Star Trek.
0: <laughs> That's, fair.
1: <laughs> That's fair. That's fair. I really do. I really, I really wish it was Star Trek, but it's, yeah. I mean, I, yeah, God, I grew up with the star Wars. Um, but I've got, I'm exhausted now. There's so much fucking content. I can't keep up. I'm, I want to, I do. Do you um, now? which era
2: is like your favorite?
1: So um, I was absolutely blown away by the Clone Wars um, sure. TV animated TV show, um, and that made me fall in love with uh, the prequel era after the fact. Yeah, I think the and now sort of like uh, era between the prequel Clone Wars and Episode Four is really fascinating. Kind of like watching like the rise of of the Empire is is quite something. With uh, and or and stuff. And I, I mean, like Rogue one is my, is my favorite of them all by like a long shot. So sure. Um, yeah. But, but you're, yeah, you're painting Shatterpoint. You're, you're a big Star Wars guy, right?
2: Eh, I'm actually funny enough. I'm more of a, I've, so I grew up more Star Wars, right? Cause I was like, yeah. Star Trek's for boring people, boring yeah. old people. And as I've gotten older at the ripe age of 31, <laughs> I went back and I watched the next generation And I have to say, maybe it's because it's more episodic because there's just more of it as opposed to just like three movie, you know, three movies. And then eventually, you know, episode one and all them came out. But Star Trek feels better, at least in the old generation. Right. So I went and watched the new movies. Where they're like, they're they're like Star Wars. When I, I remember watching the new new movies and I was like, wow, these are actually them just trying to be Star Wars. And it, yeah, was, and it was
1: was The J.J. Abrams ones. Yeah, the Abrams yeah. ones. They oh, definitely yeah. felt like yeah. Star Wars. You got like five bazillion screen flares. And-, <laughs> and, and then I go back and I watch
2: The Next Generation, and they're just sitting in a room talking about like a situation. You're like, should we have co- coffee? Should we have cream and sugar at the party? Or should we only have cream? We wouldn't want to offend anybody. It's like, this is, this is riveting stuff.
1: I <laughs> watch any of the original.
2: Oh, the original Star Trek. I've seen I've seen some of it. I watched the Gorm episode, the one yeah, with the lizard classic, classic, classic yeah. Star Trek right there. And I remember I've seen bits and pieces, a lot of it through Red Letter Media. If anybody's watched yeah. that, you know, love them and the whole like just some of the funny things they would say, like Kirk and and Spock would just say to each other, you know, it's just, it's just classic stuff. You know, the prime directive is a thing. So anybody that doesn't know anything about this, the prime directive is you can't mess with the cultures of planets that would force them to evolve too quick or would alter the way that they progress or whatever. There's an episode where Kirk uh, Kirk goes to a planet and he reads the American Declaration of Independence to a group of aliens that have didn't know aliens existed.
1: That's that's what I imagine U.S. Ariadna does to the antipodes when I first got there.
2: Like, wow, look at these dog animals.
1: Let's read the Constitution, America. Uh, yeah. I watched I watched the original and, um, series, and I there's this one episode where um, there is a sentient uh, like lava monster, which is basically a dog mm-hmm. wearing kind of like a mop costume. <laughs> uh and i kind of fell in love with it so no i yeah i mean star trek is brilliant i um i really should give it time but uh, yeah uh yeah so
2: so okay here's another thing if you went into the star wars universe with a t2 rifle would could you be stopped
1: (laughs) i mean you're (laughs) like does a t probably a lightsaber is going to stop a t2 round
2: i don't know t2 bullet
1: real big real real big real yeah. big bullet <laughs> yeah, it, 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 yeah at some point the bullet's too big for a for a lightsaber right? it's true. like you get shot from like orbit with like a you know a republic class you know star destroyer or whatever and like they're not gonna so maybe maybe a t2 maybe you are unstoppable with a maybe a t2 rifle and an antipode uh uh by your side you could you could really mud things up a little bit wow yeah so he's got to be a strek a strekov or whatever they're yeah 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 that's yeah star wars could use a little less
2: sand a little more mud yeah see nobody likes sand it gets everywhere and it's coarse and rough but mud and that's why i quit this podcast (laughs) (laughs) all right so all right here we go this is the last question the last one this is it maya or
0: arachne oh
1: my gosh well, it's got to be a Rackney. yeah it's, baby he's doing a great job yeah uh what if i just answered um Ash's podcast uh oh, oh tactical awareness, tactical yeah.
2: awareness. <laughs> i haven't actually listened to it yet it's on my list
1: it's good uh it's um i think um they i really enjoyed their uh realization that just doing faction breakdowns are like Exhausting and kind of not fun to do or listen to. Really, sure. Just like listening to them. So the war core uh, is three points, and you know you probably want to take the three sixty. Like no one wants to listen to that no. for like two hours straight. So
2: especially um, with infinity, because everything is so like numbers heavy. Oh we, my god! You can kind of get away with it with you know with space marines, right? You're like, yeah, space yeah. marines hit on a three plus. Okay, we could just assume you know that. But in this game, it's like the difference between BS 12 and 13 could be like kind of significant
1: based on like point values. And I don't think I really appreciated that about Infinity until I started really getting competitive about it. And then realizing that, yeah, like a BS 13 versus BS 12 model and how many points it costs to get to that BS 13 is like a whole calculation in itself, let alone all the other stuff. Yeah. So when
2: my moderator comes blowing through with BS 10, you best, you best hide because she gonna get you with her little bunny ears. I'm building a little mud wall. <laughs> you can't shoot through this mud wall, he's stupid. Now I should say I absolutely adored Maya cast. I love Kip and I love Tom. And yeah. I, by th- by that uh, question, I was more asking Arachne or Maya cast in the lore. Oh, and I would like to come out and say that I do not in any way, not love those two.
1: Are you tired? backpedaling? That yeah.
2: Backpedaling? Yeah. My, um, I, when you said it, uh, I clenched my butt so hard. it made a diamond. <laughs> that's that's how that's what happened
1: one tcm round
2: <laughs> one t i just made a t2 <laughs> bullet
1: that's actually how they make them they just scare little antipode pups and they make with hot takes yeah <laughs> with extremely hot takes little spicy taste <laughs> mm-hmm. <laughs> what the fuck i don't actually even know what arachne is in bluff
2: so arachne is the nomad's version of maya so maya is like the internet so uh, I know what Maya is. Okay. So it's I'm a, I'm a
1: little, little bit of a nerd. Oh, okay,
2: uh, fine. Yeah. But it's the nomad version of it. So it's oh, not supervised essentially. Oh, I
1: just thought it was a dumb fucking name. You gave your, <laughs>
2: wow. ladies and gentlemen. Uh, so th- welcome to the last episode of Arachne. Uh, it was on a bonus episode. We had a good run had a good run but this is it.
1: it. Give me your best shot.
2: <laughs> <laughs> I've been shot down too many times. Oh. Well, I guess what I, I guess I don't know what I'm going to do next. I guess I'll um I guess I'll just get to whittling. Just get yeah. a piece of wood and a knife and just start just whittling away. Going to make a whittling you, podcast.
1: Yeah. That's a, uh No, that's actually a cool. That is a cool name. I so it's because yeah, so the nomads have left the human sphere essentially. It's like the in the uh, Information-wise, and so they use their own. It's
2: uh, essentially, they don't like the oversight. They don't like Big yeah. Brother. I wouldn't even say they left human sphere because they just they still go from planet to planet, but, but they don't but, like uh, they don't like being watched by a government entity. because
1: the left is like synonymous with Maya.
2: Yeah, essentially, Alif yeah. and Maya are pretty closely intertwined now. Arachne is also, I believe, I believe it's Greek. It's Greek or Roman, but it's essentially the spy. It's like a spider god, and it's uh, she's known for weaving things, so like uh, not like tapestries and stuff like that. Uh, but that's that's essentially what Arachne came from. That's where the word comes from, kind of like the web. Yeah, it's almost like that. Yeah, Yeah. crazy. Wow, wow, that's
1: that's about as deep as I go.
2: (laughs) Greek mythology. If you you know, I gotta say. The amount of Greek and Roman references in Infinity—it's kind of staggering when you stop to think about it. Because you yeah. m- you figure Steel Phalanx is all just a big reference to the Iliad and the um the, uh, Odys- uh, the Odyssey. There's the word. There it is. I'm really good at this. I've read a book. Yeah,
1: yeah. <laughs> but yeah, I'm trying to build a our uh build a list on uh, Army Builder for Steel Phalanx is just like. Don't know how to pronounce that. Don't know how to pronounce that. Hope I never have a try to
2: pronounce that. (laughs) Dear listener, I need you to, I desperately need you to reach out to me and tell me, is it pronounced Hippolyta or Hippolyta?
1: I think I heard in your first episode, you said Hippolyta and I was on a run and I literally like guffawed out loud and like stopped running a little bit because I'm convinced it's Hippolyta, but I could be totally.
2: I thought I listened to so Wonder Woman, her mom is Hippolyta in. DC Comics. So I, 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 yeah, right. The lore goes deep. It's so deep. So when I heard whatever I was listening to, it was one of the animated movies or whatever, they said Hipalta. So I'm like, that must be how you say it because they wouldn't say it wrong, right? Oh, Surely. Really and then everybody at my local store, uh, the, I'm, I don't know how much I'm going to call them out on this. You know who you are. You said it's pronounced Hippolyta. And I'm like, no, you're <laughs> wrong. I'm right. But I think I might be wrong, but I'm too much of a man and too hard headed to just admit defeat. So everybody just make a, a petition to change Hippolyta's name to Hippolyta.
1: Just Hippolyta. Or, or it is Hippolyta. <laughs> and speaking of, that's who punched my face in and took out Veronin oh my god with those she's nasty mids. oh my lord yeah she's yeah. real nasty explosive close combo so weapon not too bad i'm oh berserk god. oh rough
2: so my i played o 012 and she's in o 012 which is amazing but yeah. i played her when she was 4-4 four, four movement man 6-2 you want to talk about a big difference
1: huge difference yeah uh, my last two losses which were um a, a bit of pro- a bit apart uh uh, we're both two, um, either steel phalanx or vanilla a- ALF, but, um, like a steel phalanx heavy vanilla. So like with an Achilles and with her and, uh, with, uh, the, the, the freaking sniper, um, Oh, Ad- Atlantia, Atlantia
2: Ad- uh, Ad- uh, yeah. petition. Is it Atlantia or is it Atalanta? Is it the Rocky, the racket? I think it's pronounced the Rak-a-tai
1: the racket tie. Oh, you feel confident on that one? How I confident. Feel confident right? uh, none. Uh, because I'm dumb. Are you, are you excited to throw that out into the internet with your full 100% confidence that you are right on that? <laughs> Ladies
2: and gentlemen, I have a 50, 50 win loss rate on most of my events. So <laughs> keep, keep that winning and keeping that losing coming. I'm all right with both.
0: Right.
1: I, I want to, to ask you quickly, what's the, um, just with that Arachne and Maya thing, What's your take on the sort of fluff explanation for Bakunin's shift to um, the, the the nuns?
2: Well, in the lore, they explain that. So we talk about this a little bit in the Bakunin episode. So, oh, that's true. you guys did. I don't. Yeah, I guess
1: I don't want you to, have to rehash it. But well, yeah, did you uh, like? Do you think it's a good move for the for the fluff?
2: In the fluff. So in the fluff, I don't really think that much changes. Essentially, all that happens is the church is taking up more of a military role. They're not really going after the leadership of the ship itself. I don't think anything's changed yeah. in that regard. Yeah, they were already in charge of the cybersecurity of the ship. Now I think they're just saying, "Oh yeah, they're more of a part of like the." It's hard to say with Bakunin because it's not the way it works. But they're more of like a part of their formed military if mm-hmm. they ever need to like go out and touch something real nasty like. So I think that's the only difference. Is it that big of a like a lore implication difference? I don't really think so. At least as far as I recognize it. But in the game, it's fun to see the reverends actually be playable. Yeah. Before they were, they were really hard to use. Yeah. But now if you play Bakunin or Bakunin, sorry, you get access to you know, dude, that's a Russian name. You should know that. Um, Do you know
1: that? You, yeah, Russian philosopher on what uh, nihilism and no, no, and, what? What? Yeah. Oh well, no. Well, okay. That's a, that's, okay. Krish,
2: that's Krish. That's Krishna Krishcha. Krish. So whatever his name is. That he's the nihilism guy.
1: Okay, Bakunin is the. He's the.
2: Uh, he's a political like theorist. He's the guy that kind of like uh, he was a big like anarchist.
1: That's it. It's kind of uh, what Bakunin
2: is. It's like a weird. Yes like sort of anarchist utopia type thing. Anyway, but did I answer your question? I forget where I am. Who am I?
1: I think it answers it. I think I, I, I found myself, I think this, the, the redesign is incredible. I was a little disappointed to see them move away from all the fucking weird shit just because I kind of loved that element of nomads and they were going to be my next, uh, sectorial, if they had the re had gone more like uberfall, uh, like, yeah. Yeah. Just like all the, you want like, more weird. Yeah. I wanted more weird. There's not that much in infinity. I mean, like the tack and stuff are weird kind of in their own way, but like, that's like a very specific kind of weird. Yeah. Um, so
2: my, uh, so this is my, this is my dream, right? It'll be the last thing. So my dream is after I'm done painting all the sculpts for the back, Bak- Bak- Bakun and stuff, eventually go back and get, the sculpts again, but add that kind of stuff. So add more bunny ears and add like yeah. tails and stuff like that. Because I agree. I like, I don't know how much of that infiltrates the infiltrates the whole like reverend church type thing with that kind of weirdness, but I know all the other stratas pretty much are full of it. Right. So whatever yeah. crawls out of a practice lab, I am assuming is good. Some of it will join the church. I can't really imagine, but yeah, I don't know. It's it, I agree. I wish there was more of it, but you know, yeah. That's, that's a good dream. That's what Hobbing's yeah. for. That's
1: what Hobbing's for. Yeah, that's what Hobbing's for. Kind of make it your own. Yeah, my my next is going to uh, probably be... Um, I don't know. Yeah. A, yeah, probably... I got like a huge, uh, weird box of old-school combined army um, in a, in a uh, kind of like a raffle uh, at a game store. It's got a lot of like the weird tentacly uh, remotes uh, and like the old avatar. Mm -hmm. Uh, And so maybe there's something there, some kind of project to like, kind of pull it all together. Cause it's back when like the design for combined army was not really like unified at all. Like the, like the models are all over the place in there. They're cool, but they're, yeah, they don't, they don't have no, they've got no synergy in my opinion. Uh, so, uh, but there's something, there's something there for some kind of hobby project. (laughs) So Ian, I think we did it. I think we, We uh, I think we finished an episode. I now
2: understand mud and all its forms and glory. Uh, It's got so many uses. I'm actually going to put some of it in my pockets at all times, just in case I ever need it.
1: You've joined, you've joined the mud religion. I'm happy to, to, to to welcome you brother. I will
2: definitely see if I can make sure this has got mud. Fuck
1: yeah. (laughs) All right. So Uh, guys,
2: if you're listening to this and you managed to stick it out through that really weird off track stuff we did there at the end, give us a a five-star review please (laughs) please, yeah, really Uh, if you made it that far you are a true fan so please give us a five-star review we need it the more of those we get the easier it is for us to spread the word of arachne and get more people to listen to this do it anywhere you go so like if you're in a bathroom stall at a really fancy restaurant carve it into the wall uh do it on a phone book uh go into the store and just tell people hey i think arachne is a great podcast five out of five or you could just do it on spotify or something like that if you're a weirdo so you know, I'll leave it up to you. It's a free country. You can do whatever you want. So is there anything you would like to say as we close this episode out, Mr. Ian? Oh, just uh thank you so much for
1: having me this episode. I really, really appreciate it. Uh oh, uh I, thank you so much for having me on this on this uh uh bonus episode. I love the podcast. Um, you know, I really appreciate what the two of you bring to the infinity community and uh in new England. And, um, I think you guys are doing great work. So, uh, yeah. Uh, and it's just so fun to talk, talk a little mud with you and, uh, just talk about a game I love. So. Well, if you keep
2: winning you might pop on again, and then if you get three bonus episodes, you can turn it in for a real one.
1: Wow. wow. <laughs> I don't know if I can handle the pressure of a real episode. It's
2: tough. I mean, it is tough. Uh, yeah. you definitely get stared at much more, uh, like vigorously. So yeah. My name is Doctor D. You could find me on Discord at Doctor D. They changed the ways the names worked on Discord, so I think if you just put in Doctor D, you'll find me, which is
1: super cool. Where can they find you? Yeah, they can. My name's Ian, and you can find me at Mudboy, uh, <laughs> uh, and the number is five two three five. They still do that, but I guess maybe this one's different.
2: It should be said Mudboy with an I and not a Y.
1: I mean, isn't it always with a die
2: <laughs> I mean, I, I agree. I couldn't agree more.
1: So, guys, thanks for
2: listening, Nomads. Make sure you keep it popping and don't let ales get you. Make sure you,
0: body people. Much love. Bye.